Section twenty four of a book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mrs. Opie, Part two. Amelia Opie was born in seventeen sixty nine in the old city of Norwich, within reach of the invigorating breezes of the great North Sea. Her youth must have been somewhat solitary. She was the only child of a kind and cultivated physician, Dr. James Alderson whose younger brother a barrister also living in norwich became the father of baron alderson her mother died in her early youth from her father however little amelia seems to have had the love and indulgence of over half a century a tender and admiring love which she returned with all her heart's devotion she was the pride and darling of his home and throughout her long life her father's approbation was the one chief motive of her existence spoiling is a vexed question but as a rule people get so much stern justice from all the rest of the world that it seems well that their parents should love and comfort them in youth for the many disgraces and difficulties yet to come her mother is described as a delicate high-minded woman somewhat of a disciplinarian says mrs opie's excellent biographer miss brightwell but she died too soon to carry her theories into practice miss brightwell suggests that mrs opie might have been more demure and decorous had her mother lived but perhaps less charming there are some verses addressed to her mother in mrs opie's papers in which it must be confessed that the remembrance of her admonition plays a most important part hark clearer still thy voice i hear again reproof in accents mild seems whispering in my conscious ear and so on some of mrs alderson's attempts at discipline seemed unusual and experimental the little girl was timid afraid of black people of black beetles and of human skeletons she was given the skeleton to play with and the beetles to hold in her hand one feels more sympathy with the way in which she was gently reconciled to the poor negro with the frightening black face by being told the story of his wrongs but with the poor mother's untimely death all this maternal supervision came to an end amelia your mother is gone may you never have reason to blush when you remember her her father said as he clasped his little orphan to his heart and all her life long amelia remembered those words there is a pretty reminiscence of her childhood from the beginning of the memoir which was never written one of my earliest recollections is of gazing on the bright blue sky as i lay in my little bed before my hour of rising came listening with delighted attention to the ringing of a peal of bells i had heard that heaven was beyond those blue skies and i had been taught that there was the home of the good and i fancied that those sweet bells were ringing in heaven the bells were ringing for the norwich assizes which played an important part in our little heroine's life and which must have been associated with many of her early memories the little girl seems to have been allowed more liberty than is usually given to children as soon as i was old enough to enjoy a procession she says i was taken to see the judges come in youthful pages in pretty dresses ran by the side of the high sheriff's carriage in which the judges sat while the coaches drove slowly and with a solemnity becoming the high and awful office of those whom they contained 
with reverence ever did i behold the judge's wigs the scarlet robes they wore and even the white wand of the sheriff there is a description which in after years might have made a pretty picture for her husband's pencil of the little maiden wandering into the court one day and called by a kind old judge to sit beside him upon the bench she goes on to recount how next day she was there again and when some attendant of the court wanted her to leave the place saying not unnaturally go miss this is no place for you be advised the judge again interfered and ordered the enterprising little girl to be brought to her old place upon the cushion by his side the story gives one a curious impression of a child's life and education she seems to have come and gone alone capable intelligent unabashed interested in all the events and humours of the place children have among other things a very vivid sense of citizenship and public spirit somewhat put out in later life by the rush of personal feeling but in childhood the personal events are so few and so irresponsible that public affairs become an actual part of life and of experience while their elders are still discussing the news and weighing its importance it is already a part of the child's life little amelia alderson must have been a happy child free affectionate independent grateful as a child should be towards those who befriended her one of her teachers was a french dancing master called christian for whom she had a warm regard she relates that long afterwards she came with her husband and a friend to visit the dutch church at norwich the two gentlemen were engaged in looking round and making their observations and i finding myself somewhat cold began to hop and dance upon the spot where i stood when my eyes chanced to fall upon the pavement below and i started at beholding the well-known name of christian graved upon the slab i stopped in dismay shocked to find that i had actually been dancing upon the grave of my old master he who first taught me to dance End of section twenty four